morning, Gateway Church. We are a growing family after God's heart. Today we're going to be looking at my second, second favorite passage in our study of the letter to 1 John, entitled On the Grow and in the Know. That's the title of the series as a whole. And my second favorite scripture is 1 John chapter 4, verses 16 through 19. It's a passage about God's love and the power that his love has in our lives. Verse 18 reads this way. There is no fear in love, but fear, perfect love, drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. This verse tells us the one thing we want and the one thing we want to get rid of. What is is it that everyone wants? Love. What's the one thing we want to get rid of? Fear. I heard a story of a girl by the name of Jane who fell in love with her high school sweetheart, John. Jane and John. And they were going to be married. And Jane's best friend, Susan, decided to send them a text message wishing them her best. She thought of the verse that I just read about God's love. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Now, that would be a great text message, wouldn't it? Great text message. But just like text messages being what they are, We kind of get lazy in our text messaging, don't we? We don't want to text the whole verse in there or text out all the words to the verse. She thought, all I'll do is I'll put the reference. And my best friend can read the scripture. There's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. 1 John 4.18. You know what Susan did? In her haste, she omitted the one showing in the text that it was not the letter to John, but John's gospel. Do you know what John 4.18 says? Don't look now. (laughs) Here's what it says. She wanted to send 1 John 4.18. She ends up sending John 4.18 For you have had five husbands. (laughs) I'm not kidding you. John 4.18. You have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. (laughs) What you have said is quite true. Susan had some explaining to do. But that never happens to any of you, does it? Any of the texts, I'd love to hear some of the, your, your just stories of, oh, my word, I can't believe I sent this text. It's not what I meant. So let's get the scripture right. It's 1 John 4, 16 through 18. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. It doesn't say God has love but that 
God is love. By his very essence, he is love. And whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on that day of judgment. In this world, we're to be like Jesus. There is no fear in love, 1 John 4.18, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. I thought of my mom when I read this passage this last week in preparation for this message. My mom passed away in October, and it's hard to believe that it's, it hasn't even been six months yet. And uh, I thought of, of her when I was reading this scripture. For about five, four to five days leading up to her death, she was now at her apartment, moved from the transitional care center, and, and her last days would be lived in her little apartment that the Lord gave to her such a wonderful gift. When we moved her from Aberdeen, South Dakota, to Elk River, Minnesota, and she knew time was, was getting near for her to, to depart. And we could all sense that she was a little afraid. You know, here's this giant of a spiritual person in my life. You know, the, the rock in a sense. One who taught me so much about, about the love of God, about Jesus. And 90 years old, and she was struggling. She was afraid. Somehow fear had found a way into her little room there. And so we would comfort her as best as we could. And we would say to, to mom, mom, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid to die. Jesus is waiting for you. Don't be afraid. And we would read scripture and pray and sing hymns that she loved so much over her. And that atmosphere of fear started to shift. Love was winning the day. I like that song that we sing every once in a while. I don't even know the the title of the song, but it goes something to this effect, when you, Jesus, walk into the room, everything changes. Don't you love that? I love that song. When you walk into the room, everything changes. Every hopeless situation ceases to exist. When you walk into the room, darkness has to flee at the mention of your name. How do I know that she wasn't afraid anymore? Fear has to do with punishment. 
unhealthy fear. Now there's a healthy fear, we know that, that there's a, a fear of the Lord, which is a good thing. But that has nothing to do with punishment. It has to do with his nature, that he is a consuming fire, that God is awesome. There is no one like him. She was experiencing unhealthy fear. But she wasn't afraid. Why do I know that? Because of her last spoken words. That's how we knew. Many of you have heard the story, but I have to tell it again because it was this passage that I was looking at this week and it reminded me of my mom. With all the strength that she could muster, one last time, she straightened up in bed. We were laughing as a family, carrying on, having fun, telling stories. And my mom had a quick wit about her. She, she always wanted to be in the know. She never wanted to feel like she was let out, left out of any conversation. She didn't always have to be the center of the attention, but she, she wanted to know that she was included in the conversation. And I think she was feeling a little bit left out. I mean, there wasn't any fear in her heart any longer. There was no fear in her life. She was resting comfortably, but she was hearing us having a great time. And so with every ounce of strength that she had left in her body, she got up in her bed, not on her feet, but in her bed, she the strength, and she sat up in bed. And these were her last words spoken. I want to laugh too. <laughs> I want to laugh with you. That was it. And then she laid back down. And later on, the Lord took her. She was at peace. Why? Because perfect love entered in that room. And guess what had to go? Fear. That's what the scripture says. Verse 18, there is no fear in love. Perfect love drives out fear. I love that verse. On the front end, I'm going to give you three statements at the beginning of this message that I want you to remember when you reflect on what you heard sometime during this week. Three things. Maybe Wednesday or Thursday. Make it real easy. Statement number one. When love enters... Fear exits. When love comes walking through the front door, fear is making an exit out the back door because love and fear can't coexist. Fear and love can't be in the same place at the same time. Fear and love can't occupy the same space. One has to go. 
And when the perfection comes, the imperfect vanishes. When fear, when love enters, fear exits. Number two. The more I love. The more I love, the less I fear. It's true. In your own life. The more you love, the less you fear, the more you fear, the less you love. You could commit that to memory. You could memorize that before you leave today. It's not that hard. The more I love, the less I fear. The more I fear, the less I love. And number three, makes no sense at all. The first two, yes. Third one, a fire will do me good. What? I'm going to conclude with this statement, all right? Right now, you just need to, okay, a fire will do me good. I have no idea what that means, but I'll hang on to that. What do you fear? Right now. What fear are you struggling with at this very moment in your life? Maybe it's the fear of the future. You don't know where life has taken you. Maybe you're not sure. Could be fear of failure. This is a different one here. Maybe it's fear of success. That the success you are experiencing may lead to compromise. And you don't know if you can trust yourself not to give in to the world. Fear of loneliness. Living in the fear of what people think of you. Maybe you're bound by the opinions of others. How you stack up. How you measure up. Fear of your adequacy or lack thereof. Fear of growing old. How about a fear of a chronic condition and how you're going to cope with that condition? Or if you even can. Fear of divorce. Fear of single parenting. How about this legitimate fear, the fear of depression? You don't know why you just can't seem to shake this depression that seems to have found a a way into your heart. No matter how hard you try, you can't get rid of it. Fear of addiction or someone you love who is. Fear that your children won't pursue God. Fear of losing control, not being in control. I mean, the list could go on and on and on. You might start thinking that this sermon is about conquering fear. 
What did Pastor Paul talk about today? You might leave saying, well, I think what he was saying is that you have to be like David in the Old Testament. This would be a great story. He should have told the story about the giants of, of fear, the Goliaths in our lives, and that we need to face our giants. That's not what the message is about. That's a great message. That's a great scripture in the Bible. But that, that's not what this message is about. This is not a sermon about confronting our fear. But a sermon about love. According to our text, love trumps fear. Perfect love drives fear out of the house. When love enters the front door, fear makes an exit out the back door. So today I want to talk to you about love. And contrast a life of love with a life of fear. Fear is a barrier to love. I immediately thought of my marriage and my relationship with Deanna, our relationship. We, we even talked about it this week. And I believe that our relationship is more love-based than fear-based. But there are times when we both have to admit that fear has found a way in our relationship. How do we know when that happens? We know it by the lack of one word that's not going on in our relationship. The word is vulnerability. Loving, loving someone deeply requires intimacy, doesn't it? And intimacy requires vulnerability. If I try to love Deanna deeply, then I have to be vulnerable to her and she to me. If I'm afraid to be vulnerable and allow Deanna to love me, then I will also be afraid to love her deeply. The knife cuts both ways. If she's afraid to be vulnerable to me, and open up her heart and allow me to love her, then she will be afraid to love me deeply. It's fear. Fear keeps us from being vulnerable because what happens when we see each other's insecurities, fears, doubts, and brokenness? Will we still love? We will if the good news of this passage has found a way into our hearts. Perfect love. That would be a love that only God can give because he is love. And that kind of love drives out fear in my life. Listen, because I can never be this way without experiencing his perfect love. 
It makes being vulnerable possible. When I become a recipient of God's perfect love, I become aware that there is nothing that can separate me or her from his love. So we can love without any strings being attached. When we get those fresh revelations of that truth, even when it's risky, we can be vulnerable. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy and that we won't struggle with it. But knowing that regardless of how she responds to me and how I respond to her, that that isn't going to change how God loves me. I can risk it. And she can risk it. Does any of this make sense? Or am I just being a counselor today? (laughs) It was like a revelation to me. Verse 16 is the hinge on which the door swings. And so we know. Underline that word, we know. And so we rely. On what? The love God has for who? Us. We know it. We rely on it. Whoever then lives in love, what? Lives in God and God in them. The more I love, the less I fear. But the more I fear, the less I love. if I really do get a hold of this verse, that I can know this love and can rely on this love that God has for me, I'm free to love more. And when I love more, I fear less. And it's the greatest way to live. There is nothing more freeing in all the world than to live this way. I don't have to have my way. I don't always have to be totally 100% understood. I don't always have to be right. I don't have to try to manipulate and control the situation because God has loved me with an unconditional love. Nothing's going to change that. I can be vulnerable. I want to live like that. I'm so far from that. But that has to be the most freeing way to live. I want to live in God like John says, so we know and rely on the love God has for us. Whoever lives in love lives in who? God. And if you live in love, God lives in you. So the million dollar question is how? And that's how we're going to end. How can I possibly live like that? A fire will do you good. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> Got that line out there. What does that mean? A fire will do you good. It's the third thing I want you to remember. Number one, when love enters, fear exits. Number two, the more I love, the less I fear. The more I fear, the less I love. Number three, a fire will do me good. It has everything to do with encounter. I want to close by taking you to someone who got this stuff. And she got it. And she wasn't afraid anymore. And she could love with no strings attached. She was vulnerable. In fact, what she did, she took a, a risk in doing this. She risked everything. She risked her retirement. In one shining moment, she gave everything that she had saved up for retirement. She poured it all on him. She was vulnerable. What would, what would he say to this extravagant gift that seems so foolish? Who rejected her? Men who acted like they knew Jesus, who said they loved God, who said that they would die to the very end for him. What did they say in response? What a waste. She was vulnerable and she got rejected, but did she care? She didn't care. I don't care what you think. He's worth it all. He's loved me with amazing love. I will give anything. Fire will do you good. Mark 14, 3, while he was in Bethany reclining at a table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar, poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. You foolish woman. But the one who loved her most rebuked them and said what? Leave her alone. Why are you bothering her? She's done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you and you can help them anytime you want, but you will not, not always have me. She did what she could.
She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare it for my burial. And truly, I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Why did she do it? Because she believed Jesus loved her. Do you believe that? I mean, really believe it. We all battle constantly with feeling unworthy and unlovely. Desperately trying to earn what we already have. And so we, in the attempt to keep love, earn love, we manipulate and control others because we're not vulnerable, we're afraid. Then I'm not worthy. Of love. But Mary believed. She received his love. How do I know that? Because of her posture. She was sitting at his feet. That's how you receive love, by sitting at his feet, not doing for him. So I think a fire would be a good thing. For you. A fire would do you good. Last year, the boys, we, we did this little patio in our, our front house there. Just went to Menards, bought a bunch of pavers and put this patio and and I got my fire pit from Father's Day a couple of years ago. And my son, Christopher, he's got this thing about fires. You got any kids like that? He just, it seemed like he would go over to Holiday or Bouldery Express. And he would buy a bundle of firewood. What is it about a fire? Something therapeutic about a fire, and he'd bring over that bundle of wood, and then he would start this fire, and we would just sit there and watch this fire burn. I think you and me, I think we need to sit before the raging inferno of God's unconditional love and get our heart warmed by his love. Because when you got it, you will never be afraid. When love enters the front door, fear exits. So I ask the Holy Spirit, 
to give you a heart like Mary. And sit before that fire this week. Take time. Make time. There's no easy, there's, well, I can't give you one, two, three. This is how you deal with the giants in your life. I'm telling you today, the major way to deal with the giants in your life is to get God's love in you. And the only way I know how to do that is to sit at his feet, worship him, and pour all your love on him. So God, We need this, Lord. There's some people here today who are very afraid. God, you're going to baptize them with your love. You're going to drive that fear out of their heart. I believe it, God. Give us a heart like Mary. We pray in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to be dismissed at this time. And I'm going to have you stand with me. Please stand. And uh, have the prayer team come forward. They'd love to pray with you and ask that the Lord's presence would would be with you and encourage your heart today Um, but we want to encourage you to come back here like if you can 10-15 minutes we're going to have the Honduras team all right if you would like to they're going to give a little bit of a report all right and so if you want to get a cup of coffee and come back they're going to share a little bit about the trip and some of the things that are happening here shortly um, this year, there's going to be some trips being planned to Honduras. So uh, please come back if that works out for you. God bless you. You are dismissed.